0: you kind of know this, we have KidZone in the room with us today, and so some of you might be going, so how exactly long-winded is Pastor Kevin going to be today? That might have been the first question you had before coming with all of your kids. Uh, I promise you today, I actually want today's message to be a little less teaching and a little bit more mentoring. <laughs> A little bit more, let's just talk about some of the challenges about Christian faith and how it actually plays out in our lives today. Uh, But before I do that this morning, I just want to say a huge thank you to some of our kids in KidZone. Something that we do every Sunday or most Sundays is I I just love thanking people for their service. I love highlighting people who serve in our church community because our church is not a one-man show. We say this all the time. It's not just the staff and the staff are doing everything. We have so many men, women, boys, and girls using their spiritual gifts for the glory of God and building up people. So I just first and foremost I just want to thank Duncan because your small group leaders have been saying, man, you like every time you're studying the Bible and you're learning, but you're asking all these really deep questions, and they just love that. So keep asking your questions as you grow in your faith. I want to thank Rosie for taking time to make some of the youngest kids in kid Zone in the class feel safe and welcome. That's awesome. And Chloe and Kaylee, who got baptized, and Kaylee's been sharing about this experience in her small group. Just keep going. I love hearing this kind of stuff. I actually had another kid a few weeks ago came to me in the cafe. and said, Pastor Kevin, you know how you give the gospel at the end of every message? I did it at school this week. Yeah, it's awesome. Cat's okay. like holy smokes, they're listening to me. Okay, that's great. Parents, never lose hope. They're actually listening to you. Okay. So so today what I want to do is again as we continue this sermon series called Surprise the World. It's based off of um this little tiny book by Michael Frost on how we develop spiritual habits. In order to be more missional in the world. Now, what does missional in the world mean? It means that we're just out in the world actually living like the way Jesus calls us to live. Now, sometimes that's different than how sometimes Christians actually live in the world. If Christians are in the world driving people away from the church and away from Jesus because of their bad habits and their bad attitude, we're actually not living like the way Jesus wants us to live. Because Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost, was to draw people to him, not push them away. So what we're doing is we're talking about replacing bad habits with good spiritual habits. And we started this series off just talking about how evangelism works and how the different spiritual gifts all work together. And then in the second week, we started talking about these habits that we can form. We talked about blessing people, how we can use our lives, our resources, our gifts to be a blessing to people around us. Jasmine continued our series last week talking about eating with people. A lot of us are practicing that habit this weekend over Thanksgiving. And today I want to talk about... With the habit of listening. Now, some of your parents are very excited right now because you're going, great, you're going to make my kid listen. No, the message today is not about getting kids to listen to their parents. The message today is to help mentor each of us to get a little bit better at actually listening to the Holy Spirit. See, I've been pastoring now for a long time, and, and the number one question that I get from Anyone, from everyone that I mentor, disciple, do pastoral care for, the number one question, how do I hear from God? How do I hear from God? Anyone ever struggle with that? How do I hear from God? It just seems like that's this big thing, right? Like we read our Bible and we're like, well, Moses got a burning bush. And that would make life really easy, wouldn't it? like if a burning bush just showed up and said, Kevin, take this job. Kevin, talk to this person. Like I, I actually pray sometimes, God, if you want me to bless someone, if you want me to share my faith with someone, if you want me to be an encouragement to someone, could you just get an angel with a spotlight in heaven and just put the light on the person or, or a laser pointer, something. Just put a little laser point on the dot. Now, I guess maybe that's not appropriate. But anyways, just say. Something. Could you do something so I know what you want me to do, right? And so that's what I want us to talk about today, is developing the habit, the spiritual habit to listening to the Holy Spirit, because we're talking about blessing people. And what if God actually has specific people he wants you to bless, how are you going to know who those people are if, unless God tells you who those people are? We talk about inviting people, have a coffee with people, invite people to lunch, try to build relationships with people through food. Are you just supposed to take every single person in the office out to lunch systematically and just run through them one at a time? That could get a little expensive. You know, kids at school, are you supposed to share your milk money with every single kid in school until you reach the kid you're supposed to talk to? Or are we supposed to maybe ask God, who do you want me to eat with? Who do you want me to bless I read this amazing, amazing book on the theology of evangelism a number of years ago. And in this book, it actually talked about when we're new in our faith and we get all excited in our faith, we just tell anyone and everyone about Jesus. Have you ever been that person or met that person? Like just everybody. You're just talking about Jesus all the time, telling everyone about Jesus. But then what starts to happen is you start to get punched in the face. Not literally, but you start to get people, they don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want you to talk about Jesus. They are not interested in any way whatsoever about what we have to share. And what does that do to us? Does that get us more excited to tell even more people? No. What it did in my life is it actually made me stop telling people about Jesus. Because it hurts. (laughs) It hurts. When people punch back, it hurts when people don't respond. It hurts when family members reject it. It hurts when friends at school say, oh, you're such a loser for believing this stuff. It hurts. So we stop. And in this book about evangelism, it says the reason that keeps happening to us, because how many of us are actually listening to the Holy Spirit to actually talk to the person where the spirit of God is already working? Because God's already at work in people's lives. God is already doing something in their circumstances, in their situation, that we don't know anything about. But God does. And when we ask God and listen to God, then we go where he tells us to go. And that person hears about Jesus. And it's like the response is, where have you been my entire life? Why has no one ever told me this? And then suddenly it becomes a very different conversation. But it starts with the habit of being able to listen to him, of being able to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to read, we're going to go through a whole bunch of different scriptures together today uh, to look at kind of how the Holy Spirit talks and how we can develop the habit of getting better at listening to him, right? In John chapter 16, verse 13, this is one of these verses that I think we as Christians, we get very confused about when Jesus says these words, he says, but when he, the spirit of truth talking about the Holy spirit, Jesus is talking to his disciples. When he, the Holy, the Holy spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you into all truth. Now, I hear a lot of times, and this is a mentoring thing, right? This is a discipleship thing in the moment. I hear a lot of times Christians say, well, see, this is why I don't need anyone to kind of guide me. This is why I don't need anyone to correct me. This is why I don't need to, like, go to church. This is why I don't need a pastor. This is why I don't need to go to a small group, because I have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to guide me in all truth. In all truth. And so I'm just going to listen to that voice that's telling me, don't go to church, don't go to a small group, don't kind of share my lives with anybody, don't serve, don't be generous, don't share my faith, because the Holy Spirit's already speaking to me. I'm getting all truth. Well, if that's your faith journey, you're actually not listening to all truth. <laughs> because you're, everything that people do in that mindset is opposed to the truth of God's word that we learn about in the Bible, where he wants us in meaningful commun- community with each other. He wants us to worship God. He wants us to learn. He wants us to correct one another and to spur one another on in all of these things. But so often, we just like to listen to something else, and we call it the Holy Spirit. So we got to be mindful of that. But you will receive the Holy Spirit. He will come. He'll guide you. And so, what is this truth? And Jesus continues. He said, "He will not speak his. Uh, sorry. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, Jesus, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make will make known to you." So, the role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life and the Christian's life is that the Holy Spirit is going to hear from Jesus and then the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. The Holy Spirit is never, ever, 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 let me say this again, ever tell you something that is opposite to something Jesus said. Ever. If the Holy Spirit is telling you you don't need to go to church. Because you can just learn this all on your own. Jesus never said that. The Holy Spirit is telling you that you don't have to be nice to your neighbor. Jesus never said that. The Holy Spirit will always say what Jesus is telling him to say to us. And so the Holy Spirit will speak to you the heart of Jesus. And so we need the habit of listening to that. And so, again, as I said, I would love if the Holy Spirit would just put a big spotlight on everyone I should talk to and everyone I should bless. But this is why I think it's a challenge for us, especially in the world that we live in today. Why listening is such a hard habit. Let me read for you. This is a famous passage. and If you've been to church for a long time, you will have heard this passage before. It comes from 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, this is the prophet Elijah and the Lord. God is coming before his prophet. And we read here in 1 Kings 19 in verse 11. So it says, The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. This is very similar to an experience that Moses had, that God is going to show up and God is going to pass him by. And so it continues. It says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, He pulled his cloak over his face, and he he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. It's not in these big, huge, flashy things. It's not in earthquakes and fires and giant storms that this prophet goes, wow, here's God at work. It was in the whisper that the prophet recognized, wow, that's where God is. See, a number of years ago, I heard a sermon from another pastor who's a mentor of mine, and and he called, and he said it like this, that God is so close to us. See, when we turn from our sin, when we repent of sin, when we accept Jesus into our lives, he sends the Holy Spirit into us, and he is so close that all he needs is a whisper. He's so close. That he can just whisper to us. But my life is chaos. And my life is busy. And my life has got so much stuff going on. Teenager, kids, jobs, responsibilities, bills, leaky roofs, broken down cars. All of these things. Schools, assignments, papers, homework. All of this stuff. We're so frazzled and we're so busy. We don't even hear the whisper. We don't even hear the whisper. So the big idea that I want us to spend the remainder of our time together, and it's only about another 90 minutes, kids. So just hang on. Okay, I'm kidding. I know some of you are just looking at me now like, what? Okay, But I want to help you find the habit to slow down. And so the challenge this week, we've been kind of giving challenges the first week. The challenge was try to bless three people, one of them being a non-church member. Last week, we talked about eating with three people, one of them being a non-church person. Hopefully, you've been building that habit. This week's habit is this, is I want you to spend one period in the week listening to the Spirit's voice. I'm not asking you to sit down for three hours every day and meditate and light candles and incense and just kind of do all of this kind of stuff. But find some period during this week to be still and just simply listen. So kind of from the examples that Michael Frost gives in his book, I'm going to just share a little bit and get a few more verses and just my own personal discipleship in this habit. Because I'm a guy who was proud of working 70 hours a week. I took great pride in being overworked. I would be. I took great pride. And when people say, Kevin, how are you? Oh, I'm tired. Because I'm working for the Lord, and I'm so tired. There's like a badge of honor in being tired for the Lord. And yet nowhere in my Bible do I see that call on anybody's life. Of so busy that we're exhausted and tired. Because what I read in my Bible is that Jesus came to give us life to the full. An abundant life of joy and of peace. (laughs) and an exciting walk with him and seeing his power at work in the world, right? Not just beaten down, exhausted Christians. So we need to slow down, listen. So this has been my journey in this discipline. So the first thing that I had to learn how to do is to find a consistent time and place to hear from God. If you're not already really good at hearing the voice of God, of listening to the Holy Spirit, Start to build a consistent time and place. Again, life is busy, and I get it. Everyone's life is busy. And trying to hear from the Holy Spirit while you are running at a 1,000 kilometers an hour, when you are going from one thing to to the next to the next to the next to the next to the next, you will not hear him because he's in the whisper. I actually say unapologetically, and I know the pandemic has been hard, hard, hard on all of us in many different ways, but the thing that I am the most grateful for, for the pandemic, is it forced my family to stop. (laughs) It was awesome. Suddenly, my young adult kids couldn't run to a million things anymore, because everything was closed, (laughs) and we were stuck at home together. And we stopped. And I actually can say that was actually one of the best things to happen to my kids in their spiritual walk was that their activity and their busyness was shut down on them to force them to stop. And it forced me in the whole what am I doing and what do my days look like and everything is inconsistent it forced me to be consistent with a time and with a place my time to hear from god is usually around 5:30 now it's every day it used to but when i was starting this discipline several several years ago it was 5:30 on monday morning because i'm just up early it's just the way i'm wired i just get up early you might not be that type of person but find a time slot and you put it in your calendar. And that becomes a, what I like to call a holy appointment. If no one's died, I don't cancel it. It doesn't get canceled. Death will cancel it. Absolutely. Okay, someone's died. Okay, I, I need to deal with this. The kid's fighting, just slug it out for another 15 minutes. If it mean to get a couple more black eyes and a bloody nose, I'll be there in 15 minutes, okay? It's holy because your spiritual enemy will do everything possible to throw something in it to take those 15 minutes, 20 minutes, hour, whatever it is for you, away from you. So you got to learn to develop a habit of putting it in the calendar and making it consistent. And then we cause we see this in like in the second point here is this idea of eliminating distractions. If you can actually make time in your week, time in your day to hear from God, to hear from the Holy Spirit, consistent, have a consistent time and consistent place What you're doing is you're eliminating distractions, and this is the model of Jesus. These two points are exactly how we see the ministry of Jesus working. We get an example of this in Mark chapter 1, verses 33 and 38, where it says in the text, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, so Jesus is a 530 guy too, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed See, so Jesus was always saying, the things that you're seeing me do, it's because I hear the Father telling me to do these things. Jesus isn't doing anything that he hasn't heard his Father tell him to do. And that's our call in our lives as well as followers of Jesus. We're not supposed to be doing anything that we don't hear Jesus calling us to do. As we follow him, as he's speaking to us, we're running ragged and jumping all over the place. We might not be listening. And so, one of the things I love about Jesus's model here, and, and I talk to a lot of people, it's like, yeah, but Pastor, like, but I'm so busy and my job is so important. And I love to push back on that, that, that my job is so important. It's like, yeah, more important than Jesus's job? Now, I like to think my job is important. I do. I like to think I'm needed and I'm important and and my my work has value. But at the end of the day, I have to admit that Jesus' work in the world was way more critical to the sake of humanity than my work. The world will keep on spinning without me. But eternity for humanity is radically changed because of the work of Jesus. And he took time, consistent time, a consistent place to eliminate all distractions, to be able to hear from God. And as we do that, we build a time, a place, we eliminate the distractions. Then the trick is to let God in, to let God in. And I think this is one of the most important things we can do to grow in our faith. When you finally get that comfy chair, that spot that you just love to pray in, you just got your spot, you got your time, kids are dealt with, jobs are dealt with, everything, the email is closed, your cell phone is in another room, you've eliminated all distractions, And then you go, okay, God, now I want this, and God, I want this, and God, I want this, and God, can you fix that person, and God, could you really change this at work, or God, could you, like, really change this kid at school, because they're driving me nuts, and hey, God, could you, like, you know, give me a promotion, and God, I'd really like a little bit more money, and God, could you drop the mortgage rate, that would be really nice, and God, could you, like, just overthrow the government and put a new government in place, that would be great, and we just start pouring out everything that we want, in this, this is not a habit of um, of giving to God everything that we're hoping for. This is a habit of listening. And if you've ever taken a course or uh, listened to anything on attentive uh, on, on uh, you know, good conversation, one of the key parts of key conversation is attentive listening. You're not listening. You ever done this? A show of hands. Who does this in a conversation when the other person's talking and all you are thinking about is what you're going to say next? Come on. That's not just me. Right? We all do this. That person's talking and you're you're just waiting for the pause. It's like, oh, yeah, but. And then you just, and you got a rebuttal. You got a rebuke. You got, well, oh, man, your life is really hard. <laughs> My life's harder. Let me tell you. We don't listen. Zip it. Just just sit down and zip it. And find peace in the awkwardness of the complete and total silence. No to-do lists, no lists, no prayer requests, no nothing. It's simply a, God, I'm listening. I'm just watching to see how long it takes for people to get squirmy when it's quiet. (laughs) We're a noisy, noisy, noisy culture. I meet people now who are unable to fall asleep unless there's noise in the room. We are so used to having so much noise around us that we get squirrely. We we literally get stressed out when there's no noise. (laughs) We got to develop a habit of eliminating the noise. to listen to God's voice and then you start getting the whisper and you start hearing and this is where it gets challenging cuz then how do you know it's God how do you know it just wasn't that the fact that you ate an extra large pepperoni pizza by yourself the night before and you have indigestion and it's just speaking really weird things into your head how do you know it's God well, this is one of the things that I, again, this is what I do, um, because in uh, John, the Apostle John's letter in 1 John chapter 4, he actually encourages this to test what you're listening to. He says these words, says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. So when you're in that quiet time, when you're in that alone time, and you're starting to hear, hey, I should quit my job. Okay. Is that of God? <laughs> test it. Ask. Find out. because It says, it says that, but test the spirits to see whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. It's talking about these spiritual forces at work. So this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. That is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and it even now is already in the world. This is just what I do when I'm in my quiet, my quiet place, just trying to hear from God. And I start to hear, maybe you should do this, Kev. Maybe you should do that. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should talk to this person. Maybe you should invite this person to lunch. You should give this person a text. You should do this. make call this person. One of the things I do, I pause for a moment, and then I sing. And I sing a simple little phrase. I say, can I sing it now? You don't want to hear me sing. Okay. I just go, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Out loud. Because if it's not of Jesus and you say his name out loud... It will leave. It's just the way it works. And I know we don't like to talk about spiritual forces and things like that too often. It's a little uncomfortable. Just sing the name of Jesus out loud, and then you ask again, God, was that you? And if it's cricket, 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 okay, don't quit my job. Oh, I've had vo- that voice comes like every Monday morning. Kev, quit your job, man! It's like man, you got to pray against that voice. You get that voice too in your life. All of us say, "Quit your job, yell at that person, be mean, fight for your rights, and put that person in their place." You got to ask, "Is God in this?" We need to let God in. And then the last thing that I'll close with this is when God finally, when you start to hear the voice of God and God prompts you to do something, do it. Follow God's prompting. See, again, this is exactly what Jesus modeled. When Jesus was in the garden the night before he was crucified, <laughs> And he is praying. He knows that he is going to be taking on the entire sin, of all the sin of the entire world. He knows that this is God's plan because God the Father has revealed to him what he's supposed to do. And he prays, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And he does it. He goes to the cross. He's mocked by people religious leaders romans the crowds the jewish people they mock him they crucify him he dies in accordance to the will of god the father but then he rises three days later in victory over sin and death declaring himself proclaiming proving to the world that he is god he ascends back to heaven and then He sends the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to comfort us, to counsel us, to prompt us to action. So just like Jesus is obedient to the will of the Father, we got to develop, as we listen, then we do what He says. Jesus says, "If you love me, you will obey my commandments." So if the Spirit speaks do it it'll be good god will be in it because he's guided you to it and again that could take that might be a little bit of habit forming for us i've shared this one before this is the habit i've been working on this habit of listening even more and trying to do and and again the more you listen and this is just how discipleship works. This is how growing in your faith works. The more you become obedient, the more God trusts you. And the more God trusts you, the more he will ask. Because you're trustworthy. Because you do what he, te- what he says. And for years and years and years, I've known God has said, Kevin, get on an airplane and go on this trip. And I'm like, yeah, no, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> that was the pizza talking. <laughs> And now it's like when the opportunity comes and God says, get on the airplane and go, I'll go. And I hate flying. I hate it. I know people are like, oh, Kevin, you need to get over your fear of flying. Well, God has not answered that prayer yet. I hate it. I hate it. And the longer the flight, I'm miserable the whole time. Ten-hour flight, I'm in there crying and holding the seat in front of me for ten hours. Okay? But I'm. God said, get on this airplane, so I'm going to go. And then you get onto the other side of the airplane, and it's one of the best experiences I've ever had. (laughs) It's how it works. (laughs) Do it. If God is asking you to bless someone, bless them. If God is saying, hey, you've got money in your wallet, give it to this person, do it. If God is saying, take this person out to lunch, don't ask, do it. (laughs) But it comes from this habit of listening Here's how Michael Frost puts this in his book, and I'm going to close with this. In the book, he says, As we become more familiar with listening to the Spirit as a kind of weekly rhythm, we also find ourselves becoming more adept at hearing the Spirit in real time. In the midst of encounters with our neighbors as we bless or share a meal or otherwise get in the way of people. Now, the way he describes that, it's not a bad thing. It's just that we're putting ourselves into people's lives. Right, We're in people's lives all around us. That's why listening to the Spirit is one of the five habits of highly missional people. And the reality is is that you and I, we can't listen to the Spirit at the end of the day if we don't have the Spirit. And how do you know you have the Spirit? Well, we Peter tells us how we can know. That we have the Spirit. These are the words from Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. It says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all from whom the Lord God, our God will call. <laughs> if you've just gone to church... <laughs> If you've just been religious, you've just been spiritual, but you've never repented and been baptized, you've never done this in the name of Jesus, you've never turned from those sins and welcomed Jesus into your life, you don't have the Spirit. So you can't do all the things we've talked about. But maybe if that's you today or if that's in the room here or joining us online, today can be your day to receive the Spirit by simply praying, Father, forgive me, a sinner. Come into my life. Make me new. If you pray like that online, a pop-up shows up. Click it and let us know you prayed that way. If you pray that way in this room for the first time, let your parents know. Let me know. Let somebody know. Because then the Spirit comes in you and changes us. And we begin to hear His voice. We cast out other voices that are building bad habits into our lives. And we watch God bless and change the world around us. Let's pray. Lord God, I praise you and thank you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would work in all of our lives this week. That you would speak whether we find just one little time this week or that you would speak to us consistently all week long. And no matter how old we are, for five years old or 105, God, you want to speak. For all of us who have put our faith in Jesus, we are all your children. We all need your guidance. We all need a little push to know where we should go. So Spirit, we ask that you would speak to all of us today, tomorrow, and the days to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.